following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. As I take the pulpit tonight, your pastor is texting me. Does that surprise anyone in this room? Uh, we've been texting all through the worship set tonight, and uh, he's asking questions. How's the crowd? Uh, uh, and um, uh, how's the atmosphere? And um, I, I will tell you, uh, he said, I'll talk with you after church. So that's two phone calls that will happen. I will guarantee you, Pastor Reed, I give great honor to the leadership of this great church, and uh, what a distinct joy it is for Sherry and I to be back with you on this Wednesday night, and uh, what a, a, a wonderful summer Sunday we had here on the Lord's Day and all three services, and uh, I want to just take a moment tonight uh, to simply tell this congregation that uh, Sherry and I travel all over America now, speaking in churches, and could I just tell you that there is no church that we have been to or are going to that is as, as powerful in worship, and there's no Wednesday night service anywhere that I know of that is any more powerful than at CLC in Austin, Texas. I give honor to the leadership that has had vision. I give honor to the, the, the laymen that make this such a great place. Uh, Keith Wilkerson, you are the creme de la creme. I honor you and I thank you for your kindness and uh, your love uh, to everyone that walks through these doors. And uh, to Richard Green, the head usher, who has just uh, taken such great care of, of guests, and then to Pastor Reed and J.C. Johnson. They are God's finest. We honor them. They have been so gracious. And Pastor uh, uh, Randy and Sherry, uh, good night. They are, they are just gifts to the body. Uh, Randy Davenport is just really uh, awesome. And um, I did not know till Sunday, I've known them for 10 years since they've been here at CLC, and I found out Sunday that I knew his parents and did not know that he was their child. <laughs> and uh, I, I got a revelation on Sunday uh, that I have known the Davenport family. In fact, his parents followed Sherry and I in the church that we served while we were in college uh, many, many years ago, and then we hooked back up uh, with their son and his family uh, uh, in Austin these last 10 years. God bless you. What a joy to be here. And Pastor Rex, the last thing he texted to me was this, be sure and tell everyone that I will be there Sunday. <laughs> I kind of think he's had about all the vacation he can handle, Okay. And uh, he's itching to get back uh, to do life with you. 
And so uh, uh, he's one of the greatest, greatest speakers and preachers in all of America. And you have the privilege of calling him pastor. And what a great honor and a joy it is to just simply be a part of this church. Okay, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there tonight on this Wednesday night. So let's get on the horse and ride. Turn in your Bibles with me or cast your eyes to the screen in just a moment. I'm going to ask them to hold my scripture. But if you're looking it up in, in your own Bible that you carry or on your iPhone or iPad tonight, we're going to be um, talking tonight out of the Old Testament book of Isaiah chapter number 54. Isaiah 54. And um, I'm going to read a couple of verses there in just a moment. But... I want to set the stage for our ministry and our time together this evening by simply saying to this congregation that I believe that that the word that God has given to me for this congregation tonight is a prophetic uh, leading. It is a, uh, uh, a prophetic message that God is leading me to just simply say some things and to weave in the tapestry of your hearts uh, where God wants to take uh, this church on its journey forward. Today I had the privilege of hanging around the church for uh, a little bit and just touching base with uh, 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 some of the staff. And then I got to go out on the parking lot and and, and just see with, uh, with Brother Joe Christian uh, uh, just where the cornerstones of the new building is going to be. And, and uh, I've seen all of the plans, and now we are on just the, uh, uh, the cusp of being able to take that next step into what God has for this congregation and for your family and for your friends that God has already preordained that are on their way into the body of Christ that is called Christian Life Austin. Amen. And so I simply preface my scripture reading and my basis tonight by saying to this audience that I believe that you will never regret investing your life in what Christ gave his life for. I'm going to say that again. I don't believe that anyone in the room tonight will ever regret investing your life in what Christ gave his life for. And whatever pain of the immediate any of us might experience or go through on the journey... I would declare by the unction of the Holy Spirit tonight that the joy of what you have invested in will last a lot longer than the temporary pain of any sacrifice that we might have to make on this journey. And so it is there that 750 years before the birth of Christ, God spoke And he said in Isaiah chapter number 54, these words beginning with verse number 2. He said, enlarge the place of your tent 
Stretch out your tent curtains wide and do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Is there anybody that can agree with this prophecy tonight? Don't hold back. Go ahead and strengthen the stakes and spread out these cords. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. And your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Verse number 4, I end with this. God says, do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. I want to talk a little bit tonight on this Wednesday evening with the body that worships here. I want to talk to you about moving with God. I want to talk about traveling light, of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And just a couple of Sunday nights ago, there was a great move of the Holy Spirit right here in this sanctuary and the Sunday night uh, small group of, of over 100, 150 people and, 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 and over 54 people received their own personal baptism of the Holy Spirit on a Sunday evening just around these altars and around this place. So therefore, I simply say to this audience on a Wednesday night, that the prophetic leading of the Holy Ghost tonight in this house is you're going to have to make more room. You're going to have to expand yourself. And God is going to stretch us as a group of believers and prepare us to move with Him into our future. Now, I want to just have a little fun tonight at the outset of this lesson I want to ask the question, do I have any campers in the house? Is there anybody in the room that likes to camp? Would you lift your hand? Just don't be afraid. I'm not going to ask you to tell any of your stories. Uh, but but, but you, like, uh, you, you like to camp. You know, you're kind of infatuated with, with, with the fire and uh, uh, the tent and uh, uh, s'mores. Uh, for a late night snack around the campfire, and uh, that that the thought of that just kind of I, I started to say go to the mountains. You might have to go to the Big Bend country in South Texas to find any Texas mountains. But but uh, if you're a camper, you will find a place to camp. On the converse, let me ask this question: How many of you are not campers? Uh, let me see your hand. This is, this is a guilt-free zone this evening, a guilt-free zone. So uh, no one's going to castigate you uh, if, uh, if, if you're not a camper. Well, uh, I want to tell you that you're looking at a camper tonight. And the kind of camper that I am is a happy camper. I'm a happy camper, and what I'm going to share 
with you in the next few moments. You might want to jot these down because whatever you placed in the offering, whatever you gave tonight, the price of admission, it's going to be worth your while to, to, to just hear Pastor Ron's favorite camping sites and these secret spots uh, 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 really are worth the price of admission here this evening. My, my favorite camping spot in all of the world is the Inn at Spanish Bay at Pebble Beach, California. That, 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 that's one of my favorite camping spots. Uh, uh, I told you I was a happy camper. Uh, another uh, of my favorite camping spots is the Hyatt Regency, Kanapali Beach in Maui, Hawaii. Oh, come on now. And uh, another of my favorite camping spots is the Ritz-Carlton at Half Moon Bay uh, in the Bay Area of uh, California. If you have not figured out by now, I like my campsites to come equipped with restaurants, showers, jacuzzis, and golf courses. That's my idea of camping. Now, uh, uh, since we've had that kind of fun, let me just simply say that the whole idea of camping is really uh, depicting of something that is temporary. Uh, I will say that I have been blessed over the years to visit a couple of these places, but uh, I found out that I had to save, Sherry and I had to save like crazy for about three years in order to go to one of these places for one week. Do, do, do you understand what I mean? Uh, you know, kind of champagne taste. And uh, then, then, you know, you have to save and plan and, and whatever if you, if, you, uh, if you want to experience that. So it's a temporary situation either way. If you like to camp and throw a tent uh, at a campsite and have a fire outside, uh, uh, you know, I found out that in those situations that, that all kinds of things can happen. About the time I crawl in the tent on the air mattress, and get really settled down, then the air starts leaking out of the air mattress. And after I have had the s'mores for my midnight snack, then the ants start coming inside the tent for their inside snack. And I remember one night the tent fell on us and we could not get out of the tent. So I make my point tonight, and it is this, that camping and living in tents are intended for temporary situations. Now, the Bible tells the story in the Old Testament of the largest campout in all of history. It is God's people that are now being led up out of Egyptian bondage. And God has prepared for them their own land. The prophecy that God had given them was that he was going to deliver them out 
of the slavery and the bondage of the past that they had known for hundreds of years and God was going to lead them to a land that literally flowed with milk and honey. And they would live in cities that they did not build. And they would eat from vineyards and drink from vineyards that they did not plant. God had it already planned out on his timeline and his scale. And yet now there are 600,000 men alone that are making this journey along with their wives and their children making over 2 million Israelites that are making what is supposed to be a two-week journey from the banks of deliverance all the way across Jordan into the land of promise. And so on this journey, they are living in tents. They have pitched these tents. Let me tell you a little bit about these, the, the, this camp. The center of the camp, there was a place that was called the Tent of Meeting. It was the place that God would dwell in the center of the camp. Let me just stop and say again tonight that you're not out of place as long as you stay close to where God dwells. Let me go further and simply say likewise on this Wednesday evening that there is no place that is more desolate than trying to live your life where God one time was. And when God has already moved on and you find yourself just dwelling where God one time was. And so it was that God placed a tabernacle in the wilderness. A place in the center of the camp. And I want you to notice on the screens tonight they will place some artist rendering of what it looked like the Bible tells us that by day there was a pillar of cloud that hovered over the, the camp and over the tabernacle in the wilderness and it depicted that God was dwelling there and it meant that during the day they were supposed to dwell there and stay there. And when the night fell, then suddenly on the sky over the tabernacle of wilderness, there was a pillar of fire by night. And the Bible tells us in Numbers 9.22, whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in the camp and did not move on. But as soon as... As it lifted, they broke camp and they moved on. Could I preach tonight to this congregation that this is a prophetic picture of the New Testament church on our journey from where God found us and delivered us from, taking us to where we are supposed to be. Therefore, it becomes important that every last one of us buy in to the concept that the Old Testament is our schoolmaster to teach us 
in the spirit dispensation that we are to be sensitive to the leadership and the movement of being a spirit-filled and a spirit-led body of believers. Let me, let me draw some points tonight and share them with you. Number one. I believe that I have learned from this study that God does not want us to get stuck in yesterday's experience. Oh, help me Jesus. I'm feeling more like preaching than when I got here tonight. Can I tell you that I don't believe it's God's will? For us to all time be focused on yesterday's journeys. And I don't believe that it's God's will for us to get hung up on yesterday's religion. I'm going to say something right here. Look around you. There's not any two people in this room tonight that's got exactly the same story. You know what's What's happened? God has brought a group of people together in the end time to make this journey that come from many different streams and many different backgrounds. And yet, they came to the foot of the cross of Christ and we all stand on common ground at the foot of His cross. Hallelujah. That's the reason, that's one of the reasons I like to come to CLC. Because no one is a respecter of persons around here. You know, no one's looking at what color any of us are, where we came from, and when we get in the presence of God, we begin to worship God openly because of where we're going. I just want to make the point tonight, let's not get hung up on where we have been in our past But let's unite around the fact of where God is taking us on this journey. Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 says, I am doing, God speaking, a new thing. Remember not the former things. Don't get hung up. That's already happened. Don't remember those former things. Don't get stuck on the trial that you were in yesterday or last month or last year. But begin to understand that although our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, while he never changes in his composition, our God is always up to something new. And we as his children must be sensitive to move with him. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The second thing that I... I live from this biblical account is this. Never set up a permanent location in your life that God intended to be a temporary campsite. Oh. Uh. Never get stuck when the cloud's moving on. If God says it's time to move, move with him. You'll never go wrong 
by listening to the promptings of that little still small voice that's on the inside. If you don't know what I, I talked about it Sunday, God wants to position you to know your purpose in life. And everything that he's doing is to, to work things together so that his purpose can be fulfilled and worked out in your world and in your life. One of the saddest things that I've ever seen as a pastor is I see people who get stuck when the Holy Spirit has moved on. CLC has got to make sure that we live in the freshness of God's Spirit. Every morning is fresh manna outside the flap of our tent. Every day is a new day with God. And God is up to something new. Why don't we embrace it by faith and not build permanent sites where God intended for us to just camp for a little while. The third thing that I have lifted from this in order to move on, I have found that every person has been given a grace by God that they must operate in. As there is no person in this building tonight, in this, this session, that has the, exactly the same thumbprint. There's not anybody that has the same eye pattern in uh, your eye. Uh, 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 you are unique and created by God. I believe that God has given every one of us a unique grace to live in and to operate in as his children. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15, the Apostle Paul said it this way, and he described it with three elements. He said, neither do we go beyond our limits. In other words, we don't try to do things that are outside of the realm of our giftings. We don't go beyond our limits by boasting of the work of others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, then our sphere of activity among you will be greatly expanded. There are three things that are involved in what Paul taught us about our gifting and our grace. And that is that we are given a sphere to operate in and to live in. We have been given by God a capacity that we have to operate in and to live in. And then we likewise, all of us have limits on things that we can do or not do. And there is one word that I want to teach you tonight. Are you okay to learn one Greek word tonight? The word that describes all three of these concepts is a Greek word called metron. M-E-T-R-O-N, metron. And what this word means is... That it is God that measures the boundaries. It is God that gives a potential inheritance. And it is God that sets the capacity of all of our lives. I just came tonight to tell you that on this journey, God wants us to fulfill the metron of our life, our limits, our capacity, and our sphere of influence and our sphere of living on this journey. God sets the boundaries, not man.
I ought to just say that again and walk off. God sets the boundaries, not man. If you're living in an environment that somebody's always telling you what you can and can't do, you need to just stop your ears up to that because God's the one that can tell you what you can and can't do. It's Him that sets the boundaries. It's Him that develops the sphere. Don't stop on your journey, ladies and gentlemen. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't get used to just... Just, just just, camping in a tent somewhere. Let's move with God into the fulfillment of our spiritual metron and what God has for us. Now let me hit these three points and we'll tie a bow on this tonight. And I'll head back to Fort Worth. I want to give you three camping tips for your next camping trip. Number one, stay with the cloud and stay with the community. Can I tell you that Israel found out where the danger was, was on the periphery of the camp. And could I say that the danger is when you hang out too close to the periphery of the church? Where God dwells is close to the altar. Where the fire of God is, is close to the altar. Don't be afraid to run to God, but don't find yourself in circumstances of life that takes you to the outskirts of the community and to the outskirts of the church. Deuteronomy 25 and verse 17 says, When you were weary and worn out, Then your enemies met you on your journey, and they attack all who lagged behind. You will always get attacked more when you are on the outskirts of the community. Therefore, a tip for this camping trip is this. Stay close to the cloud. Stay close to the fire. And stay involved in the community that is called God's church. Isolation. Isolation always leads to spiritual death. When you begin to withdraw and you isolate yourself from the body, then you become vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. And the Bible says that the enemies all came against them and they attacked those that were on the outskirts of the camp. The the church that we're a part of and that we've been born into is the hope for the world. I'm going to say it publicly tonight. Politicians don't have the answers to the world's problems. They argue. They get down and dirty. Our nation is divided. Everybody, everybody's got an opinion And it's to kill somebody else either by words or by deeds. Could I just simply say that Pastor Reed took time in this service tonight to just encourage this body to get involved in a ministry. 
and he, uh, he, spotlighted, he spotlighted ministries that are available. Isn't it neat that while the world is, is arguing about one thing, there's people on this campus tonight that are joining together to give hope to unwed mothers and, and, and people that are struggling in our world today, not putting them down and not making them be second-class citizens, but we're a part of trying to lift people up and say, come with us on this journey and we will help you on your journey to what God has in your future. I just simply make the appeal tonight, don't be a spectator in this house. Serve this house with everything you've got. Become a tither, become a giver, become someone that can be counted on in this house because the fire reigns in the middle of the camp. The second tip for this camping trip is this. Recognize the stakes that need to pull that need to be pulled up in your life. The prophet said, "You got to change your stakes. You got to lengthen your cords. You got to drive your stakes deeper. In order to do that, you got to pull some stakes up." You see, in my years of pastoral ministry, I found out that people tend to get stuck in debt. People can get stuck for years in unforgiveness. People get stuck in addictions. Come on now. And whenever addictions take over in your life, that's where your life stops, right there. And the addiction takes over. But you see, you don't have to live your life in addiction. And let me just go on record as telling you, you don't have to live your life in debt. There is hope and help. Nobody in America has to live beyond their means. Get involved in Financial Peace University and find out that it's a very simple thing if you take those little envelopes and those little jars that Dave Ramsey teaches us. You can, you can take what God blesses you with and really it's not about how much you make, it's what you do with what you have. And it's where you plan and you put God in his rightful place in your life. And you begin to understand that you might need to pull up some stakes in your life. But there's more to your future than there's been in your past. Don't get stuck with fear. But allow faith to replace fear. Because fear and faith can't live and coexist in the same tent. They can't. And when you begin to get freedom, that's what we feel tonight in this house, a culture of freedom. That's the reason that some of you have worked all day, but you've driven across, you've driven across Austin on these busy, these busy freeways and roads to get to the house of God on hump night. <laughs> it's because you're following the cloud. You're following the pillar of fire. You like the culture of freedom that you feel and the spirit and the power of God. God wants CLC to be an influence in this community. God does not want this house to just be a place that babysits already saved Christians. He wants us to constantly be reaching for others Inviting them to come on this journey with us. Thirdly and finally, this is the third tip. 
you must intentionally enlarge the metron of your life. I know too many people that their prayer is, God, now you do it. And God says, no, I told you to do it. God can already handle his business. All he's waiting on is for some of us to understand we're just on a temporary journey. And we're not going to get stuck in our little tent. When the book of John says, he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Just a few more days and we're out of here anyway. And, and, and why don't you just understand that when that, that cloud moves, come on, pack up things and let's move toward our ultimate goal. Pull up some stakes, enlarge the place your tent. Your capacity is going to be enlarged in four areas. Let me give them to you. Number one, God's going to enlarge the people that come into your life. Could I tell you that most of the things that have happened in my life for the good, has God has used people to bring them into my life. God did not allow anything to just come fluttering down from heaven to me. But God has placed some very wonderful people in my world, and I'm constantly reaching to expand the concentric circles of my world because in that, God allows people to come on the journey with me as I expand my metron. You know what? God will take you places when you hook up with him that you never dreamed that he would take you. So he uses people... He uses places. There's some of you that have already been on some mission trips that have forever changed your life. Get ready. We we have a trip that's going to Lithuania in just another week or so. And my my I've, I've been privileged to, to to go on some of these trips and travel all over the world, but but I'm having the privilege of helping my 15-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter go on her first missions trip overseas, and she's hyped up big time about going to an Eastern Bloc country, and we are doing a summer youth camp in Lithuania in just a couple of weeks for young people that have come to know Christ in Lithuania. God is going to extend the power of your resources when you pull up the stakes of being tight and learn to be anointed with the spirit of generosity. You can't pray your way into prosperity. The only way that I've ever found to be blessed is to be a blessing. And every time that I open up my hands and my heart to be a blessing, then God God pours out the blessings from heaven from all kinds of sources. I'm just simply saying the metron of our life we have to intentionally expand. And finally, we have to resolve. We have to declare that we are determined to go all the way with God. I've heard people say through the years, well, Pastor Ron, I'm going I'm to try God's way. You don't just try God's way. 
God says, come on, walk with me. I'll prove myself to you. But you don't just try him for a week. You don't try him for two weeks. Just go ahead and sign up with him and say, God, I buy in. I remember the night that I said, God, you got me on your hands. Wherever you want to take me, whatever you want to do with my life, I'm not going to tell you where to take me or what to do with my life anymore. I wish I could, I could tell somebody tonight, and you would really believe me, that God has taken, on, uh, taken me on a journey that I could have never dreamed of simply because I was willing to say, God, whatever your will is for my life. Now let me close with this. There were two men on this journey that had such resolve that no matter what the rest of the two million people decided to do, they decided by the lack of their faith that they were going to live in fear. And so God let them wander around in the wilderness until an entire generation died. But there were two men, one by the name of Joshua and one by the name of Caleb, that they looked up at the mountain and they simply said, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Could I tell this audience that things look different when you climb the mountain with God? And I'm going to ask them to put on the screen tonight in closing my final slide. And this slide depicts just a little reference that Bible scholars seem to indicate that nobody even recognized back then because they didn't know. But all of those two million people that were on that journey were divided up into four quadrants. And you can see the outline the simple outline that even in the midst of the camp was the outline of a cross. They didn't know what God had in his future because they were looking at things from tent level. But Joshua and Caleb had dared to climb a mountain and they saw things from a different point of view. And ladies and gentlemen, I've stopped by CLC tonight that things change in your view when you go on the mountain with God and you look down and you begin to see the revelation of the cross. The revelation of the cross. Would you stand with me tonight? Let's, let's give Jesus some love. Would you do that? <laughs>